0: I was looking at the um, statistics. It says that 93% of people will tell a lie before they tell the truth. Mm.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to my first podcast, Unbreakable with Destiny Peyton. This is very important to me because this is a healing journey for everybody, um, and also to showcase what you have gone through in life. And there's so many people and aspects of life um, that possibly could have broken you, but here we are here, unbreakable. Today, I am here with my girl, Mel Melnika Bowers. She is an entrepreneur, a mom, a businesswoman. It's so many layers to her. Um, misunderstood. <laughs> me too, girl. <laughs> I get it. So yeah, I I definitely wanted you to be one of my first guests because I feel like you're a dynamic individual. You have so much that you've accomplished, so much that you've gone through, so much that could have broken you. And here you are still standing. And a lot of people don't know the anointing that's over you and how many people you pour into on a daily basis. So I definitely wanted to delve into all those things. And then so
0: (laughs) I appreciate you for having me Um, being first at anything is always exciting. Um, Congratulations to you. Thank you. On even stepping out to say I'm doing this in spite of everything else. I want to find other people who have
1: gone through some things and we can come together and discuss them. Absolutely. So congratulations. Thank you so very much. So let's get started. Um, There's, like I said, so many layers to you. What would you say in this last year you've overcome?
0: In this last year, I think this has been one of the toughest years that I've actually encountered secretly. Mm -hmm. Usually, um, my life is a pretty public life, but I've had to go through some things secretly that I honestly believe that God was using, um, to grow me, to propel me. And one day a prophet came to me and said that you're going to, that you're going through some things right now. And it's not for TV. Hmm. And I said, what do you mean? He said, it's not for the public. It's only for the people who are involved directly.
1: You know, I know that. (laughs) And I said, well,
0: God, I think it's unfair when you have the evidence that you can expose, but Mm -hmm. you want me to keep it. When I have my side and God said, this isn't the season to give your side. This is the season to allow me to be, to have vengeance for you Mm -hmm. because you're always having to fight. You've been fighting all your life. We've heard that before. But in this season, I want to see how you can grow. And how you can be quiet and allow me to show you the things that are taking place in your life
1: so you are definitely speaking my language when it comes to the season of being silenced and what is not for tv i went through a lot um as you know in the last two and a half almost three years and a lot of it didn't make tv Uh, a lot of it was was too much for tv and i was in a space and in a place where I knew that I shouldn't talk about it because it, it, I wasn't in a safe space. I also wasn't in a place to even understand what I was going through, or even accept what I was going through. Um, and I chose to be silent. And in my silence, it's, 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 uh, it's a lot to carry. My silence, I said, has been killing me. So I understand when God wants you to move in a certain way and it's, it's against your norm. Mm-hmm. It's against your norm of just like, hey, this is what it is. And so I, I get that 1,000%. And I'm stepping into the season where I've healed enough to be able to share. So I get where you're at. I think healing enough to be able to share allows you to
0: get rid of the root of the thing where you're angry. Mm. where you'll come say things that you typically wouldn't say when you're healed in a Mm -hmm. healed space Mm -hmm. because hurt people do hurt people Mm -hmm. and so the situations that hurt you may bring you to a space outside of your silence or your healing to say things that you typically wouldn't say and you start questioning who is this? This is not even me and so you have to get into that space of hearing God and moving when he tells you to and that's why obedience is better than sacrifice. Ooh,
1: say that again girl. Obedience is definitely better than sacrifice. Yes it is and what I also realized was that that what I was experiencing wasn't a storyline. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for sale, it mm-hmm. wasn't for ratings. Um, and a lot of people, I, I took a lot of scrutiny for that, still am, for not sharing what people felt like they were privy to in my life, mm-hmm. and not knowing that other people are involved that I'm protecting. Mm-hmm. And in the process of it all, and also one of the things I, I, I found out about that, that moment in that space that I've been in, um, Was my silence was meant to put me in the position that I was in where I had to lean on God solely um, for not even understanding, not, not even understanding what my assignment was, what my purpose was. But I found my purpose in my pain. And I know people use that a lot, but I really, really did fought it didn't want it to be a part of my purpose, didn't didn't know I end up sitting here in a space where I wanna offer healing uh, for myself first and to others to give a platform to people to talk about what they've experienced and how they've overcome so that other people can do the same. When I talk about my silence uh, killing me, its it's been a journey for me to be able to understand the balance of sharing and when to share and listening to my inner voice and listening to God leading me. On when it was time um, because one of the things I I really truly believe is that when you share things that they should be in a space of somewhat healed so that you can heal others versus coming from a place of um, bitterness, anger, frustration so my silence although has been killing me it has been necessary for this space of my life. Well one thing about life is is that
0: you learn different from your losses Mm, you learn different from your hurt so you can win and you just go on about your day. Okay, I won. But when you lose, you got to sit and you got to contemplate. You got to look at it. You got to dissect it. That's when in our valley moments, that's when God is really able to work for work with us. Because mm-hmm. typically we put them on the shelf. We can mm-hmm. be real. When things are good... We don't pray as much We don't do the things That we typically do In our valley moments Like we do When we're up On the mountaintop And so He has to keep us there So we'll understand It was him Who brought us out of it He had to keep destiny there Because he knows us He knows what we, We're a lot of alike mm-hmm. He knows that Hey we'll press through We'll make it through we'll, We've made it through So much That we have the mentality That probably nothing A lot of things Won't defeat us
1: And see that's the thing That I realized too In this season That when the enemy Can't stop you Because one of the things I don't know how to do Is stop mm. It'll distract you or use something close to you to distract you to distract you. He'll get
0: you by something close to you. Absolutely. He'll hit you with your kids. He'll hit you with your finances, the things that you need. Mm-hmm. He'll hit. Those so when areas. they can't stop
1: you, they distract it distract. You get things that distract you from your from your purpose and right. from your journey. So being a master of, of putting broken pieces back together and helping others through your walk or even things that you've experienced, that you may be able to share. Share with me um, something that you feel. Broke you
0: Something that I feel broke me was being an Empath Um, Mm. I want to save everybody I want to see everybody win I don't know how to cut people off I want everybody to okay well you did that to me But I know that you have this greatness Mm. on the Inside of you And I know that that is something that has been a hindrance For me Um, Being an empath is dangerous Very much. And I believe that being an empath Brings apart being a giver Mm -hmm. And givers attract takers Absolutely. Where people will begin to take from you. They'll begin to, to hurt you because they know they can. They know you're not going to walk. Mm-hmm. And so I think partially being that empath started when I was younger. And people who I should have pushed away from me hurt me when I was younger. Who couldn't, who I couldn't say, hey, I'm done with you as a child. Family members. Mm-hmm. And now that I realize that 40, that wasn't okay what they did. And they stayed. So now I keep people at being an empath. Wanting to care for them and heal them even in my broken space.
1: Okay, so that's a lot, because I I resonate with so much of that. One is being an empath. I am that. And then two is giving. And your giving is not always monetarily. It's more of your spirit, your soul. Time. Time. And and for me, what I realized in a lot of my relationships with people, friends, um, spouses, or spouse, that I was pouring I was pouring into, because you see, with the empath, you see greatness. Mm-hmm. You see past the ugly. You do. And you try to love them or you meet them where they are. And you love them around the ugly. And in the process of that, for me, I was just pouring and just waiting for that greatness to show up and expecting it and looking at the potential and not realizing that I was becoming empty. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I didn't even, we talk about filming, I didn't even recon- recognize myself last season. Because I was, one, empty and then I went into a shell which I learned to do from being a kid and I went into a, a world where sometimes I wouldn't even hear or see things going around now things look different it's it's so interesting to me um the way things look to me now like I walked into the courtroom you know I've been going back and forth um with the legal situation custody all that visitation and I walked into the courtroom and I literally did not recognize it And I looked to the left, I said, is this the same courtroom we've always come to? Mm. And they're like, yeah, this is the same courtroom the judge walked in. I didn't recognize her. She didn't even look the same to me. And I've been in therapy, as we talked about, um, specifically trauma-based therapy. And I was telling my therapist about it, and she said, you learn to cope with Mm. your trauma by disconnecting from reality. Oh, my goodness. And so when you walked into that courtroom, now that you've had some breakthroughs, you saw what was really there. Oh, my. And I was just like, Oh, and then I thought about our session prior to where I had to go back to my earliest memory, and by the age of 10, I had to stop. Wow. Because it was so much trauma. Right. And things I had suppressed, things I had forgotten. But I also connected two things to that. One is that we're taught to deal with situations in our community, especially, and be silent about them, oh, be it child molestation you got to sit across from your uncle that you told your your mama or daddy that touched you i I talked to my my therapist about this like i feel like that's why we're in a season and i know this word is over you so much but we're in a season of high narcissism Mm -hmm. and narcissism comes from people that they basically create their own world they live in a lot of illusion um when you're in trauma so we're talking about the community and, you know, abuse, you know, right. your granddad, you heard your granddaddy used to beat on your grandma, you, you know, the uncle Tommy touched your cousin and all yeah. these things you sit in <laughs> right, and you sit in on holidays with these same people and you have to fake your reality in order to cope. Correct. And then you become less empathetic to other people because you've lost yourself. Correct. And so in the space of trauma, a lot of times people, myself disconnect. hmm Thank God for allowing me to be an empath because it made the balance of me not losing my empathy. Right. But it's a lot. It's a lot for us to sit in truth and be untrue. Right. So. And when you
0: want to be truthful. And people want to call you crazy. They oh, you're a liar. You the you're the liar. You, you are the fraud. Uh-huh. You become that because so many people are fraudulent. Mm-hmm. I'm dealing with a situation right now where the whole situation is a delusional mess. Mm. And because I told the truth, now I'm the bad guy. Absolutely. And that's what happened. So that's what has you now. You become
1: up. the villain when you tell the truth because everybody's yeah. living in a, in a false reality. In a
0: false reality. And
1: Or you're aggressive. Uh, when oh, you yeah. speak out, yeah. or When you when you tell the truth you become, oh, that person is aggressive because they're so used to a sugar-coated answer mm-hmm, right? instead of just the truth. It,
0: it say, I was looking at the um, statistics. It says that 93% of people will tell a lie before they tell the truth. Mm. 93% of people will lie before they tell the truth. Not, that, is, that is a hot... So that means that a question is asked of you and you get the choice to say what's right or what's wrong. Was truth or a lie? And most people, over half, will choose the lie versus the truth.
1: So that well means over half. That, That's a that that few people who will tell the truth, they're an anomaly. Yeah. And then they become, <laughs> uh, it's so funny, when you say that 93% of people don't tell the truth, <laughs> I think about being in circumstances with people that you know are, are not truth tellers. Um, and also being in circumstances where you want to tell the truth, but you know it's not the right place. Right. So for me, what I learned to do in my life was I'd rather stay silent. Right. And, and that, in this world of dealing with reality, it doesn't work. Because then people create their own narrative, their own story, and then they run with it. So for me, I would choose, even to this day, to not say anything versus lie. Correct. So a lot of times I've I've been asked questions and I might dance around because I don't want to tell the truth because I feel like oh it's gonna harm this person or it may come to this person in, in a certain way. So I ugh ninety-three percent that's high. That's that's, high. that's why I understand keeping your circle small. Mm-hmm. Um and when you find a real one, it's 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 very rare. And that's why I understand that the statement too, real recognize real, because it's a small group. It
0: is. It's it's a very small
1: group. And you have to understand that
0: if it's a 93% chance that there are going to be some people around you who won't be honest. And recently what I've realized is God give me a double portion of discernment. Don't just give me the one portion Mm. because I've overlooked some things that were obvious. But wherever I was at that space allowed
1: the Mm -hmm. connection. Mm -hmm.
0: And so I've overlooked a lot of stuff in my life and I have gone through a lot of things. So I try to save relationships because Mm -hmm. I don't like starting over. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Even in the point as I was studying this morning about the root of an issue, you have to really get to the root of an issue to uproot a thing. Because Mm -hmm. if you don't, those roots will begin to spread into other stuff. And they go deep. So you being quiet turns into you being angry Mm. when somebody come at you, you Mm -hmm. ready to defend yourself. Mm -hmm. And and it gets to a space where you are the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And so me being um, right now uh, in counseling, I definitely love where it's at because it's making me face me.
1: So today it was interesting to learn that 93% of people will tell you a lie before they tell you the truth. It's interesting that we also have a high level of narcissism in our society today because that goes hand in hand with not living in a real reality or trying to manipulate situations into the reality that that person wants. So it's really um, an interesting interesting space that we're all in now. So you believe in therapy? I believe in therapy. I, I wish therapy, that we could normalize that.
0: that. Let's normalize it. For me, I'm no longer trying to be in the in crowd. Mm-hmm. I'll be by myself if I got to go to therapy by myself I'll do that because it's now about me mm-hmm. I've experienced some pretty tragic things secretly mm-hmm. you know people know about the baby laws people know about the federal case people know about you know some of the breakups my divorce some people know about those things but there's some things that I've gone through secretly where I was suicidal mm-hmm. that nobody knew about it because I wanted to be the strong person all the time
1: oh okay touch on the case a little bit because I really don't know much about it um but if you want to share, share it, mm-hmm. share that. Cause that's something I'm sure was a breaking point as well.
0: It was, so um,
1: 2008
0: I owned a business. Um, 2012, I was federally charged with aiding and abetting to defraud the government. Mm. Um, Aiding and abetting to defraud the government. It wasn't a basis of, you know, I'm going to the courthouse you went to. I was going to federal court. They took Mm. me from zero to 100 real quick. (laughs) And so um, I was federally charged. It was on the five o'clock news in Huntsville. I started at 5 5 p.m., excuse me. And um, it was aiding and abetting to defraud the government. I had allowed some friends to say they worked for me. Mm. They used a check stub and I was charged with that. So now that's why everybody calls me a fraud because I was charged with the purchases that they made that they foreclosed on. And so that's what it is. That's how people are able to Google and see the federal case because they don't know the details of it. Mm-hmm. And so I was federally charged, went to court, and um, it was funny because. Um, when it was time for the judge to sentence me, she gave me no sentence. But because of the PSI, because of the report and the numbers, the PSI um, individual came up and said, look, she has to go.
1: What's PSI?
0: Where the count in federal cases, they actually tally up the numbers for you. Oh. For you to be, it's not like, well, the judge. And the judge makes a decision based off of the count of the charge. And so um, I was charged. The judge ended up coming back and saying she would give me seven days. And I did seven days. I've never, ever been to jail before, but I did do seven days. Um, The marshals were to pick me up, but they allowed me to turn myself in. And I was in a um, prison facility that transferred out for seven days. Um, The judge actually allowed me to do that time as I needed to within 365 days. And um, I did the full seven. I got it out of the way. And I will tell you this. I literally... Um, became institutionalized with, in this whole federal, with the whole situation It's mm. traumatizing When people say something about the feds It's not like regular You think about Martha Stewart You think about the people who go to the feds It's a tough situation that has me mentally In a space that is scary And I can't discuss much of it right now But I am I actually looked over my case Because I was so afraid as so many people are afraid when they're charged They mm. hear you're going to go to prison for 30 years You got to do day for day I'll settle I'll do whatever If you hear that Most people are settling Because they're afraid And we don't have the finances To fight that To fight that So a lot of people Are just accepting Oh I'll take the 20 And so I really never Looked at my case Until recently Mm. I looked at my case And for all the great people Who had something to say About my case Just wait on God Mm. People usually have Plenty to say With no
1: details Welcome to my life But just wait on God I'm waiting because yeah. I understand. And, and of course, my situation is, is family divorce. And can I interrupt? Yeah. There was no money involved.
0: There was absolutely no money. The money that people see online that they're Googling or looking up that is solely from what the purchases were. I never got any oh, the money. amount. The amount. Of the home. Of the home. And we realize now that we've gone back and looked at the case is that that wasn't even right. Oh, wow. So what people saw is now... Back in court Right now 10 years later Yeah.
1: Correct Wait on
0: God Waiting on God mm. So that's why we gotta be careful Always to put our opinion On stuff that we don't know mm-hmm. You know People will take your, your lowest moments That they feel is low That God is using To propel you Say that again And um, they'll try to use those moments That they have no clue about Because they didn't walk in your shoes or mine They don't know the details They don't know the choices They don't know the things That know the were available to you mm-hmm. In the situation And so I'm just excited about What God is doing with that And I wish I, I hope I'm able to help some people um, Wrote my own motion Filed my own motion Federal motion myself And now we're just waiting on God
1: And the fact that The judge Show favor. God's favor came through the judge. Let me correct that for you, because to have court day, huh? To have
0: another court day, and and oh, my first judge. Yes. Oh, I shout out to her. Yes. I shout out to
1: absolutely, her. because that could have been a whole nother thing. It could have. It was. That God's could have been life. years.
0: It, um, the actual count, I think, ended up. They, it could have been twenty to thirty years. I think I'm, I can't remember because I try to block it out. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. But it was it was a long time that it would have equal to.
1: And you know for moments like that When you just can't conceptualize God's movement mm-hmm. I always say but God, but God. And You see me hashtag that all the time Because mm-hmm. when people say to me about different things That I've been through and experiences that I share privately right. They're like how did you make it through that And you were on a television show not talking about that And still showing up but God. but God And I talk about To talk about you saying how it institutionalized you mm-hmm. I had never dealt with court You know a mm-hmm. traffic ticket or something but like yeah. that but I never really dealt with court in the level that you deal with court when you go through divorce and custody battles. Right. And then when you have a situation where the other party is constantly serving you, you're constantly receiving motions through the mail. I literally started to develop anxiety right. because it was bullying yes, through the judicial system. Correct. And for me, even having people serving me and beating on my door and coming around to just give me a... a to show up at a deposition, Scary. to go back and forth about stuff that's so frivolous. Right. And for me, I, I a lot of things that I know God took me through for a reason, but going through a divorce with a three-week-old baby, signing my papers when he was months old, being in postpartum, my mind, I wasn't even myself. And the things that I experienced in my marriage and in my relationship, I hadn't even spoken about. I hadn't even accepted it. And I'm going through this. And so I remember sitting and for a a split second, Mm -hmm. I had a thought of not wanting to be here anymore. And it scared the crap out of me because I was like, wait a minute. No, no, no. Like, no, God, this ain't this ain't me. The strong one. And I literally laid in the bed and cried the whole day. And it was getting emotional. It was my release to let me know it was time to get started. And so I was going to therapy. I was dealing with life coaching and my therapist says you need to go to specifically trauma based therapy because you have a lot of trauma and it's showing up in your body because it, ha- it would be days where I couldn't even get out of bed. I would have migraines, nauseous, and I would still get up and sometimes showed up to work even with that going on. And I realized that I had to start doing the healing for me in order to be present for myself be the best version of myself for me and for my son because he didn't deserve that right right and so you know it's a lot of a lot of things that i feel like when you're dealing with um those level of traumas and those levels of consistent storms Mm -hmm. um you know that you're you definitely are god's chosen one right and accepting that, right. and still smiling through that, and still being able to pour back into yourself, and naturally being an empath pouring into others, Right. Um, which feels good actually. Mm-hmm. It feels good to be able to. When pour we're not trying to play God. That part. So what
0: God showed me was you have to be careful of trying to play me, mm. trying to fix people for me, trying to solve problems when I'm not wanting that. Mm. You stepping in and playing me, and
1: I don't want you to do that. And even in your own life what? Because mm-hmm. I realized it, it was me trying to Fix this and control this And be in control of this And it's like Get out of God's way What are you yeah, doing?
0: Mind your, keep your eyes on your own paper That's what one of my friends tell me You got to keep your eyes on God is telling us Keep your eyes on your own paper Stop minding everybody else's business You heal Stop trying to control What God is trying to lead you through All of that All mm. of that Keep your eyes on your own paper It's so essential Especially At 35 It may not have been as important But as at 40 it's really important because I'm still learning some pretty heavy lessons, some pretty traumatic lessons mm-hmm. that are um, that are uncomfortable, that are unfair.
1: We live in a society now where everything's being filmed, every aspect of people's lives is, is for camera. And for me, although I am a open book, I'm also a person that understands privacy and balance. Everything is not for a storyline, everything is not for TV. My silence, although was necessary in the moment, um, I think I held it a little too long and now it is time for me to release it because it's been killing me and it's time for me to get to the other side of all of my experiences I learned about myself recently that
0: I've been abused Why couldn't
1: you change with me,
0: baby? Cause I couldn't stay the same